हेलो एंड वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ सक्सेस मंत्रा हाउ आर यू कैसे आई एम गुड देश एंड सो हैप्पी टू बी बैक इट्स बीन अ फ्यू डेज सिंस वी लास्ट यू नो फॉल कम्स एवरीबॉडी हैज टू टेक केयर ऑफ द हेल्थ व्हेन चेंजेस चेंज इज हैपनिंग यू नो एट द सेम टाइम यू नो देयर आर लॉट्स ऑफ न्यूज़ ऑफ पीपल व्हेन द स्नो कम्स दे डोंट एक्सरसाइज एंड यू नो दे बी हियर लॉट्स ऑफ केसेस ऑफ हार्ट अटैक या दैट्स ट्रू बट टॉकिंग ऑफ यू नो हार्ट अटैक्स एंड कार्डियोवैस्कुलर डू यू नो दैट according to the report uh, there will be 31% of deaths due to heart attacks that's a staggering number that's a that's a i, I think it's all uh, got to do with some of our lifestyles as well but we will discuss that in depth uh, uh, how we should how we should you know live yeah. our life and be healthy and uh, uh, and be successful in the end so yes that, so you know instead of you know going to google and trying to figure out our own self why don't we talk to somebody who's an expert who's dedicated his life absolutely and has been done has done phenomenally phenomenally well he's been a, a professor and entrepreneur you know social worker he's a i mean you know he's innovator a successful immigrant in canada very very successful somebody who should you know we all should look up to him and uh, no let's not waste time and let's yeah let's uh, introduce him without further ado so yes. our guest for today is mr, mr. arun chokalingam welcome professor professor arun chokalingam that's how we should address him professor welcome to the show thank you both uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure and uh, what you're doing for the community is phenomenal to wake up people's mind and in the fight they're not alone everybody has got a struggle everybody has uh, to do their part both ethically and morally so that we can make our contributions we can get from the society we can give back to the society absolutely so yeah. so professor what are you working on right now you involved in there, so many things yeah so th- there are so many things that we want to start it from somewhere and uh, i think that's a very valid question well my passion in life for more than 5 decades or so or even before is to prevent and control heart disease cancer diabetes lung diseases and even mental health see these are all what we call as a chronic disease true and this desire to do came to me or it was a spark which hit me when i was 5 years old oh really so it started at a very early age for you right and the reason is when i was 3 years old my father went on a business trip to malaysia usually the people from my community when they go for business they spend 3 years in malaysia or singapore or in rangoon today is myanmar and then they come back for 3 years to stay with their families and go back so uh, sorry professor your uh, for the sake of the audience or the your family comes from chennai which is the south of india yeah it is actually a small community down south of chennai it's called uh, chettinad okay i have seen chettinad i know the cuisine <laughs> yeah you all know about the cuisine but these people have been entrepreneurs okay. right from the beginning but not very much in the academia they are uh, very much into philosophical approaches they spend much of their earnings 
not only for their own families, but also for the community oh, no, and amazing. for the well-being of the people around them. So they have built many temples. And uh, temples is one way, not only religious, but also it provides employment to people to build it mm-hmm. and also people to survive. Yes. And a place where people can congregate and share their views and share their thoughts and maybe a counseling center. So mm-hmm. besides religion is one part of it, Correct. but the, the society, the social is a very big part of it. Very the, big part. Yes. So people of my community, they have dedicated at least 15 to 20% of their income mm-hmm. every year for social cause. Wow, that's, oh, that's very good. But, uh, sir, uh, I wanted to ask you, at such a young age of five years, when kids start going to school, they are learning ABC, how did you have this spark? Uh, what was the inspiration? How, uh, how did it happen? Because it's a very tender age. As I told you, at my age of three, my father went to Malaysia. When I was five years old, when I came back from school, there was so much chaos in the house and people were crying. I have no clue, so I asked my sister, why everybody is crying? Then she pulled me aside and said, our dad died. Oh. And he was only 44. That's a very young age. Very young age, he died. And I am the last in my family. And... uh, I don't know what to make out of it. Then I asked my sister, how did he die? She said, what I hear is that he had a massive heart attack. So this sparked in my mind. I'll ask my father, he's not going to come back. But at least in future, we should make sure that nobody dies of heart attack. I told myself, maybe one day I will build a machine that will stop people from dying from heart disease. Wow. Okay. Not having the knowledge I have today, but as a kid, I thought you can stop everything by machine. Mm-hmm. You planted the idea yourself in your mind. Correct. And if you want a machine, then you have got to build and you have got to become an engineer. Okay, yeah. that's true. So as I grew up, I want to go to engineering school and develop a machine that will stop people from dying. So, and your fam- your community is not into academia? Ac- academia. No. So they are you all went against them? They are all business people. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are always business people. Some records show that at one time, the wealth generated by this community was more than the British Raj for the state of uh, or the prov- province of uh, Tamil Nadu. Tamil Nadu. Oh, okay. Province of Madras. Mm-hmm. So, what is this community called? It's called Chettiars. Chettiars. Okay. Chettiars. So there, you like you have periyars, you have Chettiars. Yeah, it's it's a community name, but yeah. uh, more than anything else, I think the philosophy. And uh, so none, none of my community people have been into academic side. Yeah. I wouldn't say entirely, but there were one or two. Exceptions. Exceptions. But, but the clear path for you was going to the business line, but you chose not to and do engineering. And 
that's a at such a young age to decide so these things and you know a career path probably it's something a uh, lot of people they cannot even fathom even i cannot fathom at at five the years. age of five but uh, there's one more point there which because the uh, the chetiar community is has made a lot of money business community and they were also giving back mm-hmm. so i think something you inherited yeah i think that's part of our genetics part, yes say. absolutely <laughs> yes yes you don't have to it came naturally to you and even here in north america many of the chetiar boys who have come here they always plan to give or they give constantly back to the community both to india as well as places where they live mm-hmm. fantastic and people like us who have come to canada canada gave us a home so that means we have got a moral responsibility and a binding responsibility to give back to the community where we live that's such a fantastic thing absolutely yeah. there are many communities that do give back but uh, i never knew, be i am an indian and i never knew that uh, this is something that's part of w- uh, one of our indian community as well we these things don't come out but, in the media as much uh, but you know you have people who give there are two types of people yeah one hand and the other does not know yeah god no and the other one is one hand gives and the whole world knows about absolutely it. so, so yeah that's the Professor that's the difference one which like you know quietly do that yeah that's the uh, difference yeah yeah but uh, let's hear the professor story i mean you know you want to be an engineer so it's yeah. interesting only when i was in my second year of engineering mm-hmm. i realized i have come into the wrong direction mm-hmm. okay because uh, to do something on heart disease prevention i should have gone into medical mm, school that's mm. true but a little fellow from a village in southern india having nobody to guide so i chose this path but there's always something called serendipity mm-hmm. true things is- things work its way out okay during the days when i went to engineering college you don't decide which branch of engineering you do right away yeah okay only after 2 years you decide whether you want to become a mechanical engineer civil yeah. engineer or electrical, uh, electrical, electrical engineer yeah then it so happened one of my cousins during my holidays at the end of first year and second year told me perhaps you should think about doing electronics engineering which is up and coming field. Hmm. I'm talking about say 67 68. Mhm. I said there is not that branch offered in all engineering colleges or particularly the one I am studying in a rural engineering college. He said find a way to do it. It's easy for somebody to say find a way to do it, but, but to <laughs> actually find a way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But again a lots of things are guided by the divine forces mm-hmm. absolutely i happened to talk to one of my aunts and who was in turn speaking to the correspondent of the college and he said if that is what he wants we will try and get him a seat in colgindi engineering college mm-hmm. because that is the only institution offering in all of tamil nadu wow. electronics with about 50 seats Mm-hmm. and what they normally do is they choose about one or two students from the remaining seven engineering colleges in the state of Tamil Nadu at that time today you have got a humpty number of engineering colleges in those days there was only seven 
Mm-hmm. And Gindi Engineering College was the prime institution. See, until now, when I'm doing my first and second year, mm-hmm. I was able to stay at home at limited income or no income mm-hmm. and able to commute to the college and come back. Come back, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so no expense. But now you have to go. Now, back. if I were to go, I didn't even got get my seat yet. Mm-hmm. If I were to go, where am I going to stay? How am I going to pay for my expenses, including the hostel fees? Luck would have it. I got a seat and luckily there was a student education loan from the state available. Mm. So I applied for it. Whatever money that could come, I could pay for my education, my boarding mm-hmm. and study. And in the evening hours, I will find an accounting job Wow! to subsidize Mm-hmm. Not only my income and to support my mom, okay. who was living in the village. Right. Oh. Serendipity. Okay, serendipity. Mm-hmm. So plus efforts as well. You made the effort to, you know, after studying, do that extra job and yeah. yeah. It's also self belief and things starts opening up for you. Yeah. Think, you know. Then you see the end. Uh, you know, then then you know how how the journey will be, and I'm sure. So still, my ambition to do heart disease prevention is not going to materialize. Yes. I can see. still do electronics, but that's not going to help me to do <laughs> yeah, yeah, prevention in heart disease. Yeah. It so happened, mm. when I was in my final year of engineering, I got an admission from Columbia University in New York. Okay. Again in electronics, nothing to do with medicine. Medicine, yeah. Unfortunately, I have no money to pay for the first semester. But the professor said, if you do have some teaching experience, at least for two years, we could consider you teaching assistantship. Wow. Okay. Then I started rambling and to find a job. I went back to my own college mm-hmm. in Karekuri, where they just started electronics mm-hmm. and they were looking for faculty. Oh. <laughs> So it became a one-man show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, look at the timing. If you have got to do it, then you have got to follow the procedure. You have to follow the procedure. But still no idea on how you would switch to... Yeah. It's a very interesting story. No, not yet. Yeah. So I, I came back to Karakuri for two years. While I was studying there, one of my friends told me, if you can't go to U.S., why don't you go to IIT, Indian Institute of Technology, one of the pivotal institutes in India. Premier, yeah, yeah. It's produced amazing, amazing minds. Madras, and see whether you can do some studies, higher studies. Oh, yeah. So with all that in mind, I was looking for an opportunity. There was a junior lecturer position opened up in IIT Madras. Okay. So I applied for it. Hmm. And spoke to one of my well-wishers. I am applying there. I don't know what the competition is like. Can I ask you for help? Because you seem to know people. Can you help me? This gentleman who is very, very wise. And he said, go through the process. If they have got exams to pass, go through it. If you come out successful at the end, 
In the last stage, when you have to go for a personal interview, I can put in a word to the director, and again, not as a recommendation, but to have some idea of who you are. That's true. But you have got to win it on your own. Yeah, especially you're competing with all A-listers. There is no mediocrity in there. They're all of the best mind comes there in IIT. So when I went for the initial test, there were about 60 people writing the exam. Wow. And the position, there was only one, one. position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So luck would have it, I was able to pass through four different stages. And then they came up to a selection of four people who were interviewed by the committee, including the director. At the end, there was an internal candidate. Okay. Yeah, he was the favorite candidate. Always. So then the director said, we have got these two candidates, the internal candidate and the Chakalingam. What shall we do? We can give only one position. Then again, the guiding light, somewhere from divine forces, they said, we will give two positions. Wow. 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 Serendipity. I'm telling you. Actually, I don't want to want you to stop. It's a very interesting story. I want this story to continue. I'm sure it's the same with our audience as well. And I got the job. So moved to Chennai. And uh, in the meantime, I got married to my wonderful wife. Beautiful. And my ambition still want to go to to Columbia University in New York. New York, yes, you do. Okay, Mm -hmm. to break the barriers. Three months into the program, the IIT Madras started for the first time in all of India Mm. a program called Biomedical Engineering. Okay, okay, there comes the opening. (laughs) Then this professor who came from St. Louis, Missouri, very innovative man, so I went and spoke with him. I said, I would like to join your program. Hmm. What are the chances? He said, if you want to join, come right away. I'll take you. Wow, wow. So this is a five-year-old boy from Chetinad. Suddenly saw the opening. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't ask for my credentials or anything. He said, if you've got a desire to do biomedical engineering, which is a new program, not tested yet, and if you want to do it, welcome. Welcome, come here. So went to the class and I chose to work still on electronics. That's what I know. So I found a very interesting and appropriate guide to work with. And we learned some form of medical terms, some physiology, some pharmacology, not pharmacology, some physiology, some anatomy. Mm-hmm. So my mind is still working on finding a machine to control people from dying from heart disease. So then I learned a little bit about the so-called electrocardiogram. The electrical signals ECG. produced by the heart. What we normally get as ECG. ECG. Yeah. That's a more uh, well-known term. Well-known term. ECG is a two-dimensional recording. Yes. Mm-hmm. With time and the amplitude of electrical signal. Yes. So it's a two-dimensional signal. I said, how can we do even better than that? So started reading some medical literatures. At that time, I heard something about vector cardiogram. Okay. It's a three-dimensional view of the heart electrical signals. I said, why can't we build it here? In India. In India. 
So I took that as my master's thesis project. Wow. Worked on it, developed a device, and in in IIT you developed in IIT. It. Wow, yes. wow. So after that, you did your master's with IIT as well. Yeah. Well, when he already admitted me into master's, oh, okay, okay. As part of my master's, yeah. I am doing this as my thesis. Okay. So it took some time to bring the ideas together, to put everything together, and then I was able to see how the so-called QRST wave in the ECG mm-hmm. looks like in a three-dimension, wow. with three different loops. Then not only you can make it, but you also should be able to interpret it. Interpret it, absolutely, yes. So this is where I spend a lot of time learning about it. Again, a lot of it is self-learning. And luckily the guys have helped me to read what I should read. So having perfected that, the next thing is to test it on human beings to see whether it really works. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's no point in developing something, something that you can't, you can't test. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Professor, hold your thought there. I just want to ask you one thing, which I just noted, Tesh, that uh, not only the determination to do what he wanted to do at the age of five, uh, if I just see the graph till reaching here, he's taken a lot of risk. He's moved down. I know generally if you get in some good IIT, then you would want to pursue and you know what you want to mm. do. But he just deviated and gone. There was, uh, yeah, there, so there's a, from this journey, as far as uh, I can see, there is no monetary motivation at all. He's just trying to go and get what the he goal. wants to do. So there's a lot of risk. You know, yeah. he could have landed saying, hey, you know, you lost the time in electronics, gone there, Columbia gone, and you're doing something which is not working. Sorry, bro. I just saw a risk taker over there. So then to test whether the instrument really works, I need to go to the hospitals to see some patients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the barriers in India. Absolutely. If you're an engineer, the hospitals or the doctors won't talk to you. They won't talk to you. They won't even okay. consider you equal. And everybody has got their own egos. Yeah. But again, as serendipity would play, came across two wonderful people, one from Integral Coach Factory Hospital mm-hmm. and one from General Hospital Chennai. Okay. Madras Medical College. They said, sure, you can come, you can test. We will give you the patients, you can try on them. Because it is non-invasive, mm. we don't mind. We tried. First, initial phases, we have difficulties, how to put the electrodes, how to get this recording, and all the stuff. But later on, we perfected it. Okay. So it really worked well. Okay, so they were also happy. So the like doctors, the cardiologists at that time, they said, wow, this is an interesting way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So now we get even more information right from ECG to vector cardiogram. Wow. That's like a third dimensional UV. Before I could submit my thesis, one day I was having a lunch with a colleague mm-hmm. who just returned back from Canada. He came back from Newfoundland after doing two years of postdoctoral work. Mm-hmm. In Chennai. In Chennai, I ate okay. So, during the conversation, I told him, I applied to Colombia, I don't have my money to go, and uh, that's my frustration. He said, why don't you go to Newfoundland? There is a professor who just returned back from London mm-hmm. and started a biomedical engineering program there. You can, you have finished your master's, you can go and do your PhD there. So, that's a great opportunity. 
Let's try. So you all game. All game. <laughs> Thank God you didn't go to USA. <laughs> so I applied to this gentleman with my background and what I have done and uh, what my intentions are. So luckily he was also working in heart area. Mm-hmm. So he said, we don't have a PhD program approved by the Senate in our university. Okay. If you are willing to come for a second master's, I am happy to take you as my student. Next day I asked him, can you give me fellowship? Okay. I don't have any money to come on my own and to survive in Canada. That's true. <laughs> he said, yes, we can arrange a $4,000 annual fellowship. And this is in the year which... I came in 1976. Wow. So $4,000 was a lot of money. $4,000 a year. Hmm. And... Uh, after you come here, depending on how good you are, how else you can help us, you can do some teaching internship here and there to make a supplement of maybe another $1,200. So, if you are interested in coming for a second master's, I am willing to take you. I said, fine. Fine, yes. Fortunes favor yeah. the brave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, anything is better than staying here and waiting for a PhD program. That right? is true. That is true. Or trying to figure out how to make money to go to Columbia yeah. University. No, I think fortunes favor the brave. Tesh, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, came to St. John's, Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Coming from a city in Chennai of 7 million people. <laughs> coming to Newfoundland on a cold weather. Below the equator to above the equator. <laughs> And not even having one traffic light in St. John's at that time. Man, man, man. So this is Professor from the village where there's a little population. You come to a big city, Chennai. Right. And then coming back to Newfoundland, which is about 150,000 people. That's (laughs) it. An extreme weather. You don't experience that in Chennai. Especially in Newfoundland. And and the weather was also quite interesting. And my first entry to St. John's was also interesting. At that time, the sophisticated instrument landing system of the flights in St. John's was not there. Wow. Everybody knows St. John's is always fogged up. Yes. So flights normally don't land very often. Yes. If it lands, you're lucky. You're lucky, yes, I know, in those days. So, I followed the same routine from Montreal when I left. The flight could not land in St. John's. So they landed in Gander, which is four hours away from St. John's. Driving, right? They have got a school bus <laughs> in which they transported us to St. John's. St. John's. This is Hollywood. Yeah. telling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Here, I am a stranger sitting in a bus full of people whom I know Nothing about them. And there wouldn't be too many Indians uh, in right. St. John's. No, 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 not even today. Indians, yeah. In the bus. So, finally I asked somebody, where is St. John's? When are you going to reach? They said, in about an hour. An hour later I said, where are we? Where, when? They said, we are going through St. John's. <laughs> I said, it's still like a rural village. Mm. I said, where are we going to get, get down? They said, the bus will stop at the airport. Okay. And from there you figure out. Right. Luckily, my friend whom I had lunch with in IIT connected with one of his friends Mm -hmm. to come and pick me up at the airport. So this wonderful gentleman, I still remember, John Osmond, Mm -hmm. he was there at the airport. He followed the track as to where the flight was and where the bus is coming from. So he took me to his house. 
Oh, amazing. <laughs> I sheltered that night in his house. Oh, nice. Next morning, he brought me to the university and put me in touch with another Indian professor there. So I met my new supervisor. So he said, I'm glad you're here. So today is 11th of September. We start on the program on the 12th of September. Wow. And you were the jet lag like... Yeah. And he said, I will give you an office. Mm-hmm. Come tomorrow and meet me. Okay. <laughs> so how is the state of mind? You know, you land in a new country. You have no idea where you're going. The weather is great in weather. You're greeted by a guy and saying, wow, nice Canadian people. And you're, you know, you're jet lag and you ask him, come next day and start. What was running in your mind? Well, it's all excitement. Mm. Okay. Adrenaline is still flowing through you. Yeah, come to a new place, you have got an opportunity, let's see how best we can do it. Grab it with both hands. There's nothing else went through my mind. Here, no, no fear, like, I don't no, know. No, luckily happened. there was no fear. Food, weather. And your family was back in India. You yeah, came my on. wife and my newborn son, they both are in India. Mm-hmm. At the custody of one of my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. My ambition is to get them immediately as soon as possible to Canada. Because family means you live with together. Absolutely, yes. I don't want anybody else to take the responsibility for my family. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no point in having a marriage. Mm-hmm. That's true, that's true. So, those days, you can only write letters. It'll take 15 days for them to receive and then it'll take another 15 days to get a reply yeah, back. Right, yes. And as a student, you don't have money to make a phone call, which is about, say, $2 a minute or $3 a minute. You book a trunk call and wait all through the night. Mm, <laughs> you don't know when the call is going to come through. True. Yeah. So you can see how much we have advanced in science and technology. Yes, yes. And so fast. Yeah. So from next day onwards, I started enjoying the program. And the program committee described that I should take six courses on my thesis. Mm-hmm. My professor introduced me to the thesis that he's working on. So here is my first entry into the cardiovascular field, in a real cardiovascular field. Uh, from engineering and doing the little right. bit of... So research. he was working on a transducer mm-hmm. to measure the force generated by individual heart muscle cells. Oh, wow. You know what the size of a muscle cell is? Yes. Mm-hmm. So tiny. Tiny, yes. It's about 100 microns by, let's say, 10 microns. Microns, microns. not millimeters, mm-hmm. micrometers. That's almost like a plastic bag. Yeah, just, just a little dot. And you can't measure individually, so you've got to grow them, a few of them, and mm-hmm. then you measure it. Mm-hmm. So the technique that he was trying to employ, but he has not perfected, is to grow them like a strand and then lift them and then see how they behave. Okay. Imagine these are so fragile. Mm. It can snap. It can snap any minute. Mm-hmm. You can't even lift it. Not only you lift it, then you have got to measure the force. <laughs> so he was trying to work on a transducer and then to do it. So making the transducer was my thesis. Wow. Okay. Wow. But as a master student, you have got to take six courses. But 
But all the six courses they have asked me to take, I've already done in IIT Madras. Oh, oh you finished it, though, know, because... Yes. The... But having done that, they said we can either give you waiver, but we don't know how good you are. I said, no problem, I'll take Canadian the course. equivalency, basically. Right. I took all the courses and I did very well in all of them. It came naturally to you. In the meantime, I started learning more about this heart muscles. That's where my interest is still. Still there. Your focus is still there. Yeah. And uh, learn more about it. And then also try to perfect my transducer. Towards the end of my first year, I was still tying the idea. I don't want to just get master's. I want a PhD in biomedical engineering. Wow. So... I constantly pestered my supervisor. <laughs> Can you convert into PhD? Huh. So I'm sorry, we don't have a program. You finish your master's and I can recommend you to go to a nice school and you can do your PhD there. I started meeting with the Dean of Graduate Studies. Mm -hmm. I told him what my intentions are. I said, I'll be grateful if you can find a program. So he was able to speak to the Dean of Engineering. They said, we will admit you to a PhD program. We'll transfer the whole thing. You don't have to complete your master's. But the degree will be in ocean engineering. Okay. Because that is the only thing we are authorized to award. Mm. Based on your credentials, based on your performance here in the last nine months, we are quite convinced that you are a PhD material. Mm -hmm. We will take you as a PhD candidate in ocean I said, no. I want a degree in biomedical engineering. <laughs> no compromise. No compromise. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry. Then, one day when I was pleading with the Dean of Graduate Studies, he said, Arun, you are working in the medical school, trying to develop your, your cell biology, cell synthesis, have you ever thought of trying at the medical school? I said, that's an intriguing thought. Will they admit me? He said, I'll speak to the dean of medicine and see what comes out of it. A week after that, I get a call from the dean of medicine. I want to see you. So I see that you're working on cultured cardiac cells and mm -hmm. you want to do a PhD. We are willing to take you as a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is Hollywood. This is a story it has to be yeah, told. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. We should, definitely a movie should be made on this. We will take you and we will, have, we will form a committee of people who will advise what you need to do and what, uh, what is acceptable. So my own supervisor of engineering and two people, one is a physiologist, one is a cardiologist, mm -hmm. came on board as my thesis committee. Wow. They reviewed everything. They said, well, if you are going to do PhD in medicine, we can do all your engineering part only as an appendix. That cannot be your thesis, thesis for medicine. Yeah, yeah. We want you to characterize all these cells, how they behave, both due to ionic conditions, mm -hmm. like, let's say change in um, sodium, potassium, calcium, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, how does it work for some drugs? Wow. Okay. Hmm. 
So this is my thesis topic. Mm. And for you to do that, you don't have enough background material. You need to courses in medicine. To so you should do courses in physiology, mm. pharmacology and biophysics. That's so different. Yeah, so from engineering, right. electronics, you are now slowly turning towards the medical. Right. And you were very persistent. Persistent. Without being aggressive. I mean, I mean, look at you. you, yeah. you, you I mean, I can't even think. Uh, it's not it's not aggressive. Yeah. But the goal, goal orientation. Yes. yes. Goal. Most of the go-getters are very aggressive in their, what they want, right? They're very focused. Yeah. They are, but you had chosen a different way. So, That's your nature, actually. But by the way... Within three months, I was able to bring my family to Canada. Oh, that's okay. 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 Now, uh, Tesh, I tell you, uh, just sorry, Professor. Now, a lot of people who want to pursue the goal, they actually sacrifice their family. Uh, I mean, I know somebody who had put his family on hold for like 10 years, and now they are doing well. But, you know, the family went through their own thing because he was so focused in achieving what he wants mm. so but i think uh, that's a great quality that while you are pursuing you are not letting your family yeah. go so the responsibility you, you are not shirking away you cannot shirk your responsibility yeah yeah see for your success and failure you are the cause mm. true you have to accept it true and uh, my family was here very supportive my son was only about a year and a half and just going to kindergarten or at home so I got another break when they transferred me to the PhD program in the medical school. I also won a scholarship from the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada. Oh, wow. wow. With a $7,000 fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> Which is far better than five and a half thousand. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. And you also stepped onto the, the highway where you wanted to drive. Right. Yeah. And they also allowed me to do some research assistantship or teaching assistantship. I was able to earn a little more. more. So about $8,000 altogether. So my journey started and I'm sitting in the class full of students who have already done undergraduate either in physiology or medicine. I'm, I'm working with them on the graduate level programs wow. in physiology, pharmacology and biophysics. A lot of terms I don't understand. Mm. True. True. You've not been through that. Right. Yes. But as a devoted student, every word that comes out of the professor's mouth, I will write them down. Write them down. Write them down. <laughs> that is, that, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. In the evenings, go home, have dinner and come back and hit the library till about 1 o'clock until they shut down. And go through fundamentals of physiology, pharmacology to learn. Wow, wow. Yeah, a lot of it on my own. Yeah, yeah. So even when technology was not available, human mind could comprehend and fi- figure out how to get things done. Yeah. Google is great. Hmm. We can get instantaneous answer, but you don't have the fundamentals. But don't have the fundamentals. Yeah. You don't have the foundation. And you don't have the authenticity. Right. Let's say a book is written by a person not, who has yeah. done some research on it. So while well, I was doing all this, when I come back from the library at 1 o'clock, I will hit the lab from 1 to 4 in the morning, working on my isolated heart muscle cells. Uh, wow, wow, Professor. I mean, you know, one, it two, just gets better. The night times are great to work on these cells because there is no traffic, nobody's banging a door. True. And secondly, the 
electrical fluctuation is not there. Okay, okay. And you are able to measure it or cultivate it or try it. So, so what, what time would you sleep then? I will go go home at four o'clock, get up at six, have a shower, have whatever I can eat, come back at eight o'clock to be in the class. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So two hours of sleep. That's it. <laughs> two hours. Two of hours sleep. is like four o'clock. He'll go back. So yeah. just less than two hours. Two hours of sleep. Wow! So that lasted for about three years. Three <laughs> years. <laughs> How did that happen? How did like you know? Because I don't know. It's all. It's all adrenaline. It's all the intention of finding something. But did you like get a chance to sleep on the weekend, or you are also dedicated weekend well, to weekends? I will go, but my mind is still here. Hmm. I'll go with the family to take them around or hmm. to visit some people, some socializing. Some time for them, yeah. yeah. Right, but again, try not to spend too much time. Wow. But the mind is still working only on that. Yes, and you could see your goal quite close. Yeah, there's a possibility, right? Possibility, yes, right. it could happen. Yeah, and you are given this opportunity. Might as well make use of it. Absolutely. So. to fast forward the story 3 years later i was able to successfully hang the cells grown on a palladium plate wow wow and lifted it and as a twitch i could see the movement of my transducer oh that's amazing 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 and when that is collected connected to the electrical instruments i could see the waveforms going up and down up and down up and down that was a breakthrough yeah very delicate work and you know constant you know, perfection you know what goes behind to keep all of us healthy hmm. the feeling of that night was incredible and i could not explain any better almost like a baby you know, yeah. first born so i called my boss i told him i successfully hung i got a recording do you want to come What three thirty in the night? <laughs> and like, he picked up the phone. <laughs> he's like, I don't. Are you sure? <laughs> and he said, No, it's okay. You keep the recording. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. So he came back the next day. He was very happy. Then he said, Next time when you hang up, you should call. I said, I'll do only in the night because daytime there's so many traffic just outside the door. If somebody bangs the door, immediately just break. Yes. I gave him at least twenty different opportunities. He never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can't match you. But in the meantime, I was recording everything I was seeing, and I have not done any further work. I'm still perfecting my method of suspending it, mm-hmm. and uh, seeing its moment, how mm-hmm. it behaves. I must have broken at least about five hundred or thousand strands before I could get one successful recording. Hmm. And you can't get these stands that quickly. True. So I grow them from the newborn rats, mm-hmm. and grow in in culture chambers. Maybe about say hundred, hundred and fifty at a time. Wow. And then try one at a time, and then it takes another seven days for it to grow mm-hmm. for the next batch. Wow. So you keep them in the right temperature <laughs> and then incubate. <laughs> Door goes behind that, man. I'm telling yeah. you, this is so. It it was like uh, a very interesting time to do that. So I also shared my data mm-hmm. on the recordings with my other two committee members who are physiologists and cardiologists. 
they were extremely encouraging me. They said, okay, you do this, you do that, you do that. What next steps are? They were very happy too. Yeah, they were able to see things. At a point in time, they said, you are doing your thesis well, you have finished your coursework, but you have got to have an evaluation comprehensive exam Mm -hmm. before we allow you to complete your thesis. See, as part of your PhD, what they do is in the first one year, Mm -hmm. people write their comprehensive exam to see whether they qualify for the PhD program. Yes, that's true. So here I am already two and a half years into the program. I still haven't done my comprehensive. (laughs) By any chance, if I fail my comprehensive, the whole thing is gone. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... So were you worried that... uh, I don't know because... I don't think so. There there was no fear. There was no fear. No, but sometimes, you know, when you are just so close and you know this is going to happen, then something, you know, it's it's very human. The thing is, I am driven by some force. I don't know what it is. And uh, I took it, everything as it came. But because I was concentrating, reading more and more about physiology, pharmacology and medicine the last two years, my depth of knowledge on that is very strong. Mm-hmm. The only caveat was, because my professor, one of my professors is an engineer, mm-hmm. they said they want to test my engineering abilities as well. So when the comprehensive exam, I finished writing and uh, had the defense. Medical part and the physiology part was perfectly okay. Wow. And no question. In engineering, I explained them and I explained how the flow of the uh, medium... Nobody can explain it better than engineers. When I explained that, they said, well, you have done well, but there's more to do it. So you have a limited knowledge in flow dynamics. Hmm. So, so now medical part is done. Right. You can do the engineering part as well. They said, we will give you three months to prepare it and come to a seminar to engineers, not to the medical school. <laughs> Go back. It's probably... And present it. I feel some of it is their ego as well that now this I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just on that note, what he asked... Did you, uh, as an immigrant or a brown person, you know, coming from the, did you ever feel that, you know, uh, uh, did you get intimidated? Did they, you felt some kind of, uh, you know, racism or you felt some kind of jealousy of what you're doing, you know? I don't have time to think about all these things. Fantastic. <laughs> no, no, because the, no, uh, Professor, that affects a lot of people, uh, even if they're good. Yeah. If something happens, it, it affects them, right? So yeah. I, think, I think that's, I think that's but one quality. I, I think he, he answered that pretty well by saying that he was so much goal oriented that yeah. he just did not consider. I, any and of it these didn't matter. Even if it happened, it was yeah. not important. Not which is important. which is a very valid point to share with our audience that uh, goal orientation is something that you should be worried about and not focus on you know on the distraction. These are yeah, probably color, just distractions. Cast, where I'm come from, somebody stupid. I, I know. I but I must tell people in Newfoundland. The professors whom I have come across, they are all wonderful people. Wow. They gave the support that I needed. Fantastic. Okay. Mm. Now here, I finished all my experiments. At the end of my fourth year, having come to Canada, and I was on a contract from IIT Madras that I will come back. So I had a bond. Oh, okay. You have to go back. Go mm. back. So my time is coming to an end. Hmm. So I should wrap up in the next three months or six months and then go back to fulfill my obligation. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, my wife 
want to go back to India for a visit after four years. Wow, yes. Very legitimate reason. Absolutely, <laughs> that too. I said, might as well go. While you are gone, I will write my thesis. <laughs> that will give me time. <laughs> so you A selfish not... motive. Absolutely. <laughs> and while you are gone, you meet one of my relatives, hmm. who at that time happens to be the chairman of the board of directors of IIT Madras. Oh. Go speak to him and get his advice. So she went home. Here I'm writing my thesis. Then, since family is not there, I've got a few hours to spare. So I spoke to one of my committee members. I need a little more money to survive because I sent my family to India for the flight tickets and everything. I yes. need some money to pay for it. Can I get some extra hours to work? Mm. They put me in touch with a cardiologist by name Dr. George Fedor. Mm-hmm. He said, I can give you four hours of uh, research assistantship. I said, what can I do for you? He said, I've got tons and tons of data sitting in boxes. Can you look at them and mm. analyze them and tell me what they contain wow. and what can you make out of it? So I spent about two days here I put my thesis on hold. Okay. So I started learning about a new subject. Mm. How a hypertension drug works on people. Wow. So now you have come from rats to people, human beings. Right. Yeah. So then I said, not reading one at a time, let's analyze the whole thing as a group. So I'm talking about 1979, 80, 81, that range. We don't have fast computers, we don't have cell phones where you can do analysis on the spot. We are going to punch cards and feed it through the computer and get the data output. So having got used to sleepless nights, (laughs) the night times I'll go to the computer center and punch all my data (laughs) and feed it. First thing at 6 o'clock I'll get my data. All the data, yeah. And then I'll sit in my lab Hmm. And draw the curves, draw the graph, how it looks like. Nine o'clock, I'll go and show it to my new boss. And he was so impressed. He couldn't believe. He gave only four hours of financial support. Mm. Here I'm spending the whole day. (laughs) (laughs) Because of the interest. No, I know. I know that's something for you also in it. Yeah. So after a week or so, he said, my God, these are very valuable information. I've got more data. Would you like to analyze? I said, absolutely. Make four hours into eight hours. Right. Four hours into (laughs) almost 40 hours or more. And I've not touched my thesis, Mm -hmm. which I'm supposed to have written and submitted. My original thesis advisor, he -hmm. gets concerned. That what is he doing? Right. He keeps calling me and he said, no, you're going away from track. It's not good. So I did not heed to him. (laughs) I knew what the consequences will be, but this is far more interesting. I know. Risk taker. Risk taker. I'm telling you. And at the end of three months, mm-hmm. we had so much data analyzed with my new boss. Mm-hmm. We published four papers. Wow. And he said, what can I do to keep you working for me full time? <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I'm on a student visa. I don't have any status here. That's true. 
if I have got to live here, I need to get my status cleared. He said, that's not a big problem. Wow. And it is not as easy as Trudeau's government today to get qualified people to immigrate to Canada. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about 1981-82. The labor certificate, labor clearance was so hard. True. Any job you want, you've got to advertise. And in paper, in the local region, and across Canada. Mm. And if you don't find anybody... Then you hire somebody outside. Then you can hire somebody. Still do it, I think. Some, uh, some it's businesses. called LMIA, Labor Market Impact Assessment. Mm. Yeah. So, this man is so genius, Dr. Fedor. He put together a qualification with somebody with an engineering degree and a medical background. <laughs> they can't find anybody. <laughs> No, but he would be there. I would say not even in the world. He would be they a very unique case. And waited for three months and the labor board clearance came back and said, we can't <laughs> find anybody. <laughs> if you have somebody in mind, you can go ahead. Yeah. So and they gave me an offer. Wow. Wow. And I've got to go outside of the country to apply and get my immigration come back. Mm. The landing done. Landing document. So, 1982, May, mm-hmm. we got our immigration clearance, wow. and we became a landed immigrant or the so-called permanent resident of Canada in today's term. Wow. So here, my immigration is done. My papers have been published. My interest still goes on. Mm-hmm. Then I asked my new boss, you're very successful in getting grants, and you're working on hypertension, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought how the people who are normal blood pressure and people who are high blood pressure, they're different mm-hmm. at the cellular level. The reason why I'm asking is my knowledge is in cell, cell biology is good and that's what I know. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. know about medicine yet. Mm. So he said, what do you propose? So can we test some samples mm. from the healthy people and from hypertensive people mm-hmm. and see how their cells behave? He said, we can't get autopsy, we can't get biopsy, but we can get blood samples. Can you work from blood samples? Hmm. So I did more research, I learned. I said, yes, we can, using the red blood cells. How there is a sodium-potassium interaction? Is it different? Mm -hmm. He said, that's no problem. I'll get you patients, you can do it. I said, shall we submit a grant application? That sounds good. I can show you the community where we can get the population and uh, if you are willing to put together a proposal, then we will submit. This is still happening in the month of May, June. In the meantime, my wife went to India and came back. And when she met with my uncle, he said, is he a fool to come back? (laughs) (laughs) And his bond with IIT is only 10,000 rupees. Ask him to find a job there and fit himself there. And then, in a short period of time, he can pay it back, ask him not to come back. True. Period. <laughs> Perfect. So that uh, uh, thing is also sorted. I got this message. Now, I started writing this proposal mm-hmm. for the grant. My own supervisor for my thesis, is getting very anxious. I know. Saying, what are you up to? And he said, you are not doing things right. You are not helping yourself. You're going to lose everything. Hmm. So, concentrated work in a month's time, Hmm. in June, Hmm. finished the proposal 
submitted. After submitting, then I asked my new boss, can you give me two months off? You to finish the... To finish my thesis. But please don't cut my pay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to survive. <laughs> I'll work extra. Yeah. yeah. He said, absolutely no problem. You have put in a lot more hours than, than I paid you for. Mm. So next two months, sincerely sat there, looked at all my data, looked at all my literature, and finished writing my thesis and submitted by the end of August. So you must have completely switched off. Yeah, everything is switched off and focused on this. Yeah. And then the thesis was sent out for evaluation. I was hoping that I'll graduate in that fall semester. Mm-hmm. So on October 1st, they set my examination date, which was pretty fast. But in the meantime, the Dean of Medicine and Dean of Graduate Studies are monitoring my progress. Mm. Because I'm a guinea pig, right? Mm. Yes, yes. And they both were the reasons why I was allowed to be a guinea pig. True. So the evaluations came. From the external examiner, they received a report. And they said, this is the first time I saw somebody is able to characterize a heart muscle cell, same as that of an intact heart. Wow. Wow. That's... Mm. So, this is the best PhD thesis I've ever reviewed in my life. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, and especially you had completely switched off and doing something yeah. else. And and I had my defense. The defense went well. Mm. At the end of it, everybody was very happy, congratulating, blah, blah, blah. Then the following morning, the Dean of Graduate Studies called me and he said, I am going to institute a new prize for the best PhD thesis awarded from this university. And you are the first candidate. Wow. Oh, so you amazing. will get this gold medal at the convocation. Wow, wow. <laughs> so your <laughs> Canadian chapter had started. Basically. Started. Now, having seen this, the Dean of Medicine, having heard all the reports and everything, he said, would you like to go to medical school, which is a four-year program. I will wave off the first year uh-huh. where you do physiology, pharmacology. And you do the remaining three years, and you will become an MD as well. So, you know, it's like <laughs> wish for it, it will happen. Age, by what age were you at this point? Well, I was almost uh, 30. That's so, it. another four years or three years? Yeah, of- I was yeah, 30, another, four, another three years. Hmm. So, I looked at... Uh, were you itching to go into the... Uh, you know, into the world and use your knowledge or learn more theory. Right. But it was quite tempting. Very tempting. See, getting to medical school is difficult. Yes. And also, if you get one year off, <laughs> that's even more tempting, right? Yes, absolutely. In three years, you can get your MD and come yeah, out. You can... Then I said to myself, when I come out with an MD, my desire won't stop. I want to go to cardiology. That means another three to four years. Three to four years. Yeah. So where does it end? So I do have a responsibility for the family. So I got to tell the dean, thank you, but no thank you. Thanks, but no thanks, yeah. But luckily my boss, the cardiologist with whom I was working, he was very keen that I work with him. He didn't want to leave me. He hey, gave so much of data. Huh? Yeah, yeah, so much. In the meantime, the the project that we applied... He published those papers. He four gels of produce, yeah. The, pa- the project for which we applied for funding also came through for the first time. Wow. Combining physiology and clinical medicine to understand the mechanism of 
how the cells behave in different conditions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, something you wanted to do and you declined it. Yeah. And uh, he already gave me a job, so I'm a research fellow. Mm. Now my income is about, say, $22,000 from you five and a half to seven and a half. To you are becoming wealthier. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have no worries about money. I was still able to concentrate on what I want to do. True. So in the meantime, my wife said, now that you've finished your PhD and the child is about to go to school, I want to enhance my education. Okay. It's a fair asking. A fair asking, yeah. Actually, we just ignored that, uh, listening to professors. So she came to Canada with a degree in mathematics. So she wanted to do computer science. Mm-hmm. So I spoke with the Dean of Graduate Studies and he said, absolutely, if she's interested, we will get her into the program. <laughs> <laughs> so she got into B.Sc. Computer Science. Mm-hmm. And then since she has already done a lot of mathematics, mm. the Dean has helped us to get her syllabus from Madras University, mm. evaluated and got her plenty of credits mm. wow. so that she could accelerate and do the program in about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, uh, the maths taught in India yeah. was far more superior right. than... And he also went to English medium school, mm-hmm. school, not college, English medium school, mm-hmm. right through her life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So her grammar and English is far better than anybody Fantastic. in Canada. <laughs> so language is not a barrier. Yeah. yeah. So all those credits she got and during the daytime she will go to school. My son will go to the Kindergarten, daycare. daycare. Three o'clock, I'll come back from work and pick him up, keep him till five o'clock when she comes back. Then we will have dinner. And then the night time, she will go and do her studies and I'll stay home with the child. Mm-hmm. So we shared our responsibilities. True. So the success also depends on how well you get support from your family. Family mm-hmm. and True. also... also An understanding. No, no, I do and it's a vice versa. You know, you yeah. also gave your time as a father. Do you were doing so many years catching up two hours of sleep, you know, trying to achieve your goal here and there, but you wanted a family and you gave the time. The son got the time of his father. Yeah. Yeah. So in the meantime, the grant that we apply also came through. We got about hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow. in nineteen eighty two. That is equivalent to almost uh, two million dollars grant today. Wow. <laughs> So with that, for three years, we could do wonders. We started collecting samples mm. and to measure how these cells interact, we did not perfect the techniques in Canada. So we tried our best. Then a thought came to my mind. We are looking only at sodium and potassium. The other ions such as calcium and magnesium, mm. they too have a role to play. So I found out from literature that somebody from Germany is working on a probe to measure the intracellular calcium levels, the concentration of calcium inside a cell. Inside a cell, yeah. Okay. So corresponding with them, Mm -hmm. I said, if I bring some samples, could you please analyze for me? Mm -hmm. See, the regulations at that time was not this strict. Nowadays, you can't move blood samples from one place to another, especially outside the country. Mm -hmm. So here I'm preparing to go to Germany for a week to work with him Mm. and pack all my collections, sample collections, 
and put it in ice boxes, mm-hmm. frozen ice, frozen ice, and yeah. uh, nitrogen oxide, and took it in the plane. <laughs> Today we are not allowed. Not allowed. Not at all. No. <laughs> Went there and worked for about a week in Munster, Germany, mm-hmm. and we found to our surprise there is no difference between sodium and potassium moment in normal people and hypertensive people. Wow. But as the calcium levels were different. Mm-hmm. So this was the outcome. Wow. That is about the time when in Germany they were working on what is called calcium channel blockers or hypertension. Mm-hmm. So this fit with the theory. So I just came back and my, my professor was extremely happy. He's my mentor. Hmm. He gave me all the backing, he gave me all the support and all the encouragement. And he believed in you, that's yes. the most important. Yeah. And we were producing materials and we were presenting papers and he was able to get more grants. So he's also doing a lot of clinical trials. Mm-hmm. That's a new drug from the drug company testing on the humans. Mm. One day I asked him, would you allow me to do a trial with you? <laughs> <laughs> He said, you are not a clinician, you cannot do it. I said, if I find a clinician, if I find a medical doctor who is willing to administer this on his patients, will you give me the coverage? He said, what are you talking? I said, I found some friends in Outport, Newfoundland, who are medical doctors, and they are practicing, and they have got good practice. I can talk to them. And... uh, we can share some of the money that we receive from the industry hmm. for their time and we will get the data. He said, sounds good, but how practical it is, I don't know. Hmm. I said, try one with me. It's a small study of 20 patients. He said, I'll let you go and get at least five patients, hmm. then we will see. So I spoke to my colleagues who live about 60 miles out of St. John's. So I told them, can I do a study with you? Can you get me the patients? And we will compensate you for your time. Mm. Plus any work that we do in the lab at Carbonir, we'll pay for it. Mm. Because the money is coming for evaluation anyway. True, true. So here I'm getting into management of funds. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which is part of my ancestral Inherited. Yeah, everything is coming. It's coming, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Inherited things. Yeah. So we, and he asked me to show at least five patients. On the first day when I drove from uh, St. John's to Carbonir, Mm -hmm. my physicians, they aligned about 20 patients sitting there. (laughs) Oh, they were ready like sitting. Awesome. So we did. So this was your... Intuition that this will work or you were damn sure that this will work? No, it's only an intuition. I said, unless you try. Try it, yeah. Unless yeah, yeah. you try. There's nothing... But you're trying to convince him. But within yourself, were you yeah. like, sure this will work? Or this is like, I think it will work, let's take a chance. No, it's it's a kind of a taking a chance. Calculated. Taking a chance. Yeah, calculated risk. Calculated risk, yeah. Taking a chance in a sense, unless you try, yeah. it will not happen. It will not happen. When I was a kid, somebody used to tell me, when you see a mango on the tree, throw a stone. What will happen? Most of the time, the stone will fall. 
Occasionally, mango will also fall. Mango. But if you don't throw the stone, Mango's nothing will happen. <laughs> nothing I think will... you threw stones throughout. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. So, I tried these people. So, they agreed. And we tested 20 of them. Mm-hmm. Five of them qualified to get into the study. Wow. Wow. So, I came back and told him, we have got five patients. And he said, okay, then now try and get the 20 now. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the next three months, huh. we got new people and then tested. We recruited 20 patients. The study went for three months and we completed the study in record time. And the people from New York who sponsored the study, mm. they could not believe. Mm. What has happened? Right. Yeah. So, they came and they made sure that the data is right mm. and we are not forging or anything. They saw the patient and they were happy. And then they said, we have got eight other centers in Canada and US. Hmm. They are not performing well. Can you get more patients? Okay. All right? Okay. So in a matter of six months, we got about 100 patients for the study. Wow, wow. And And my doctors were enthused because it's a part of research that they have never done. Hmm. And they're getting money. They're getting money and you paid for it, yeah. So I told my boss as well, so money comes and we should spend it frugally and use it for our research. Mm. So we don't flounder the money, exactly. we don't waste yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we get into fiscal management. Mm-hmm. So one thing led to another. I ended up doing about say 60 clinical trials with the doctor Fedor as the backer. <laughs> 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 I'm getting more and more into knowing more about the disease mm-hmm. and how to prevent it. So you were both the management as well as the right. hands-on person doing it. Yeah. So still I'm not reaching my goal of preventing heart disease in the population. But you're still there. You're, you're still there. Yeah. See, number one, you take risk. There's nothing guaranteed in life. True. If you don't throw the stone, the mangoes won't fall. Right. <laughs> no, not only that. People say, I'm trying to be cautious. I won't go in this plane. I won't go in this train. It is prone to accident. Well, tomorrow you can walk on the road, somebody can hit you and you can die. A stone yeah. can fall from the right. building. Yeah. yeah. Okay? So nothing is guaranteed. When you get an opportunity, that's a window is very, very short. Make use of it. Mm-hmm. Grab it with both hands, as they say. Absolutely. And secondly, if people say something cannot be done, go and try that. Go try it. If you try it, if you fail, people say, well, I told, he's foolish and he never listened. But if you are successful, you are a hero. Yeah, a hero. People, people will say that. You know, I told him no, but I think he was right. Yeah. He's correct. Okay. So this is the calculated risk I have taken in my life, in many parts in my life. Went from engineering to medicine. I think that's a unique case. Nobody, even today, would have some. Well, there are people who are doing from engineering and medicine nowadays. Now, yeah, they, they are offering actually yeah. courses of that. But at the time, you and did from medicine, working in Newfoundland, mm-hmm. and then to convene a consensus conference on treatment for hypertension without medicine. So this is a so-called today what we call as lifestyle management. Mm-hmm. So we thought about in '89. Wow. To have a consensus across Canada, wow. to have a non-pharmacological approach to treatment of hypertension. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
So that was well received and became a national policy. So I spent about 10 years at Health Canada. Oh, and you continue doing that? I'm still doing my research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still finding ways and means to reach people, not only hypertension, not only heart disease, but all chronic diseases, which are consuming people left, right and center mm-hmm. in every part of the world. Do you know two-thirds of the world's death and disability is due to these five chronic conditions? Two-thirds, that's, that's a big number. Big number. Yeah. 58 million people die every year, out of which nearly 40 million people die due to heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and lung diseases, and the unspoken mental health. Mental health. And uh, all of these, most of these diseases are, can be prevented? Yeah, a lot of it. With the lifestyle mental changes. Mental health is a psychological issue. Yeah. Apart from that, all the remaining four, by lifestyle management, if you eat properly, if you eat on time, if you avoid a lot of unwanted things, you can save yourself Mm -hmm. and you can live longer. Nobody is going to live for thousands of years. We will all die, but we will die healthy. Die healthy. Why suffer and die? Right. Die healthy. So, and also we should avoid smoking. Yeah, I think that's one of the yeah. biggest killer. Now all this vaping has come up. And, yeah, it's you know, terrible. Yeah, terrible. there's a there's a case now in in the US where uh, somebody has been linked to a death because uh, de- a condition because of vaping. Yeah. They are doing the research yeah. now. So, uh, Professor, we want to know uh, what are the inventions you know you've been part of it, which is available now for people. And, uh, you know, you're part of various committees. So just yeah. please tell us. Uh, because I moved on from there into policy making. Okay. Because if you want to make profound changes, so you cannot do it individually. Hmm. You need to have a collective agreement. You need to have a policy. Policy, which can be implemented. Implemented to many people that will affect. Yeah. By a stroke of a pen, you can change the destiny of people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, serendipity would have it, I spent about, say, 10 years in Health Canada, mm-hmm. where I planned to go only for one year of uh, sabbatical leave. So I spent 10 years. And then came across some wonderful people in life. Mm-hmm. See, the journey is, is incredible. You make an effort, you put your first step, you will see somebody to take you to a second step. Absolutely. If you don't help yourself, nobody's going to help you. Yeah. So, from there on, to reach the pinnacle of my life, to be invited to be the founding director of Global Health at the United States National Institutes of Health. Wow. That's amazing. That's praiseworthy. So, while I was there, I was able to institute 11 centers of excellence in the developing world Mm -hmm. to prevent and control heart disease and lung disease. Wow. Why we chose developing countries is 80% of the problem occurs in the developing world. Country. Oh. It affects people like you and me. Absolutely, yes. Because we inherit not only the genes, but also our lifestyle as we move to a new country where it is a little more affordable. Mm-hmm. The stress level also goes right. up. It quite goes a bit, up. Yeah. See, I always say, Chronic disease or non-communicable disease 
is a loaded gun. True. True. Because you're born with it, because you've got genetic... Genetic, yeah. But the trigger is how you behave. The behavior is the trigger. So even if you are born with it, you, you know, it you inherited, have, you can still keep it under sure, control with your lifestyle. Sure. See, for example, I am over 60 now and my father died at the age of 44. 44, yeah. So, it's not that I live forever, hmm. but I was able to survive him. Yeah, that's true. true. And things are changing in life. And let's adopt and pick up the best that can help you. Hmm. And let's do it ethically, morally, conscientiously. Not only your own growth, but also the society to grow together with. That, that's true. Because, uh, you know, uh, Professor, a lot of people, when they come here, when they do well, uh, they, they shirk away from the social responsibility because they think that I've made it on my own. So this is all mine. You know, it's my achievement. My, 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 my. And it, it, it's not many people share the kind of, uh, you know, thought process or the kind of action which people like uh, you are doing in society and making the changes. And sure, if I want to make money, I could have patented some of my absolutely findings, made millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But that's not the intent. The intent is how can we save another human being? True. Success is uh, not just measured in monetary terms. It is measured in how you have, you know, uh, done service to the community, how you have made humanity a step further, you know, took them to a step further. Plus, uh, the journey that you shared with us, Professor, today, I understand you never forgot your roots where you came from. In the end, you still were working for the community and giving back, uh, even if, you know, you, d- you didn't have to. So that's a very uh, amazing story that, that we would probably be very happy to share with our audience. Yes, yes. I mean, so, you know, we have uh, shared, uh, Professor shared his success mantra. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Professor, we want to, sorry, but he, he, he's, he's, he's a very humble man. The number of awards and accolades and recognition is, is unbelievable. You can write a whole page about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, so these things comes with the work you have done. Other people recognize what you have done. So, you know. How, how can people get in touch with you? Let's say if somebody wants some uh, some uh, guidance on certain aspect of things that we talked about today. How can people get in touch with you, get more information about you? Uh, we will include that information in our footnote as well. Yeah. People can reach me through email. That is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. The thing is that I don't know the answers for everything. Hmm. If people approach me looking for a quick solution, I don't. Absolutely. The, the only truth, only way to succeed is to work hard hmm. and be conscientious to yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a shortcut and bypass, then you are not going to reach your goal. Mm-hmm. True. So I'll be happy to speak with uh, anyone who is interested. Because I do have uh, mentees mm-hmm. all around the world. Oh, that's okay. So that's in the process, I developed, or I was fortunate to develop, so many wonderful people throughout the world as friends. Mm-hmm. And they are all able to do some wonderful work in their countries and in their communities. I think it takes all of us to dedicate mm-hmm. if you want to prevent heart disease or cancer or anything. Mm-hmm. See, 
this is like seven blind men seeing an elephant. <laughs> so the problem is multifactorial. Mm-hmm. So solution should also come from multifactorial. So each and every field has got something to offer to better the mankind. That's true. That's true. That's so profound. I mean, you know, uh, I think... I think that's the best words to end this conversation today. Yes. Be- I, although I do not feel like, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm telling you, we could have gone on and on. Yeah. It's just, it, it just flows and into yeah. each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me also... Uh, I saw this little boy, five-year-old boy, coming from a small village, breaking into not mm. into getting business, but uh, academics, changing the field, wanting to do something which affected him mm. as a child, and he's still doing it. And uh, you know, and uh, not running after success, but you know, throwing stones and mangoes and to achieve his goal. At the same time, he's a family man. Mm. At the same time. Doesn't forget his roots. Roots, and he's he's done well for enough enough for himself. But you know, he doesn't want to be like um, mm. you know in the first one percent of the. Not running after money, so his calling was the community and humanity. So that's where his his success is. So so all our all our listeners, you know, when you listen to these kind of stories, please at least even if you take ten percent of their life, I think you will be successful. And remember. What you got from the society, you have to give it back. And it's for humanity, it's not for us. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Professor, any word of advice for our uh, listeners? Well, my journey still continues. It's still not stopping. I am now looking at how we can bring the prevention and control of non-communicable disease worldwide. I am working with a group in Chandigarh, mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. So we have That's formed, my hometown. That's your hometown? Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's where we formed with the PGI. PGI, okay. Yeah, program called the World Federation of Non-Communicable Disease. Mm-hmm. So we want to perpetuate the knowledge. And uh, we want to see the problem of non-communicable disease affects not only the developing countries or the poor countries, but also the developed countries. Mm-hmm. That's the number one cause of our biggest burden in Canada. Mm-hmm. We are spending billions of dollars. True. And we don't have endless income. Mm. True. Endless pot of money to pay for everybody's hospital needs. True. So people should take personal responsibilities. That's true. I think that should be the goal. Mm-hmm. So we are hoping to bring that conference to Canada mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Wishing you all the best, Professor, in Thank all you. your uh, future projects as well. Yes. It was great talking to you. Uh, I'm sure the audience uh, would learn a lot out of this uh, interview. Yes. Um, time for us to bid goodbye to our audience and Professor as well. Thanks a lot for the interview. And uh, I you. would just say, you know, uh, read about, uh, go to Google search. There's a lot of information about uh, the kind of work uh, Professor Arun Chokalingam is doing. Type his name, Professor Jang. I mean, Toronto University. You'll have lots of more information than what you could hear in an hour's interview out here. So you know, till next time, another inspiring guest, another great story, another uh, fantastic news. The success mantra to lift you out out of your current state. So Teshan Kese signing off. Thank you. Thank you.